And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Ryan Aiken, George Bremer here with you as always. Make sure you are downloading and subscribing to the Blue Horseshoe Pod wherever you got your podcast. So, George, very interesting note. So, before the game, Jim Mercer was talking with uh, Michelle Buck, but you know, doing a classic ESPN interview before their Monday night game against the Chargers. And he had some interesting words when talking about Jeff Saturday. He was asked about the head coach opening, and he called Jeff Saturday a competitive candidate. And basically did not shut the door on him being the, the permanent head coaching job. Now, this is before the game, but as we've seen, there's plenty of also tape already out there, if you want to say that, on Jeff Saturday's head coaching ability, even before the Monday night game. I mean, is there – Jim Morris is a tough man to read. Is there actually any chance to think he's going to hire or could hire Jeff Saturday to be the guy? Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, that's what I've been hearing a lot the last week. Uh, it's something I wanted to bring up on Thursday's podcast. Unfortunately, I was under the weather, wasn't able to make it to that one. Uh, but there's a lot of noise about that right now where people are saying that he's a, a real candidate, uh, you know, a, a real possibility here. I think it'll be interesting to see him. Mean, there was almost a riot when he was hired as the uh, as the interim. And, and I can't imagine what the response is going to be around the league, aside from the fact that they're, they're definitely going to get sued by the Fritz Pollard Alliance. I mean, you can pretty much guarantee that if this is the outcome. Um, it, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think you've got a guy right now who's one in five. Uh, and as we mentioned, every game has, has been a little bit worse than the one before it. And I think you saw uh, the players denied it, and, and he denied it. Uh, but it sure looked like you saw a team with, with uh, at least a lack of spirit, if not a lack of fight, uh, certainly a lack of spirit out there uh, on Monday night. You know, I mean, it, they were never in that game. And it was a game the Chargers left wide open for them to be. It's not that the Chargers came in here and played some immaculate, you know, performance and, and put the game away early and, and took away the Colts' fight. Uh, it was – Again, in the fourth quarter, you start fourth quarter, the ball at, at their 12-yard line, down 10 points, you're in the football game. You should be, uh, but you can't get a yard again, and and then you give up a touchdown immediately thereafter, and the rest of the game was was really just garbage time. Um, I, I It's hard to make the case based on anything we've seen. I, again, I think I talked about this last week. The most dangerous thing you can do in the NFL, and I think that's part of what – uh, Jim Mercy is doing right now is, is look at, you know, well, you played Dallas close for three quarters and you had Minnesota down by 33 points and, and you had Philadelphia on the ropes and they scored a touchdown at the end of the game. You know, that's the most dangerous thing you can do. Houston can play that game too. They're one 12 and one or, or whatever, two 12 and one now with their, their two, big victory, two 12. Uh, you know, last week, <laughs> but they can play the same game. They just, they're two one and one in the division. They just beat the division leading Tennessee. You know, they, they took Dallas down to the wire. It's a Kansas city to overtime. That's that's the NFL. It's there's never going to be an Ohio State Toledo type of situation, you know, where it's seventy seven to seven. If that does happen, uh, you get beat like the Broncos did. You see what happens. Your coach gets fired. You know, I mean, you, you just every game is close. You win or lose them in the fourth quarter, um, and so I think it's very dangerous to talk about how close you are because everybody is. I mean, the difference between one and thirty two in this league is probably not as wide as as you would imagine. You know, it's certainly not as wide as it is between like the SEC and the Sun Belt. You know, the, the, there's just no the gap is just so much smaller. And I think if that's what you're basing your your opinions on moving forward, uh, it's not a good thing. You know, Bill Parcells always said you are what your record says you are. And this team's four ten and one. So how they got there is, is really not important. They're here and they're one in five under Jeff Saturday. He's matched in six games. The number of losses that the guy you fired had in what, nine. So. It's a really hard thing for me to make a case for. 
So you mentioned in the beginning of your answer, like, you know, that that's kind of been the hot rumor and the people have been talking like how Jeff Saturday is like a, you know, a real candidate, we'll say. Is there any reasons, like, uh, is there any reasons given? Because, you know, we've been talking about it, at least uh, to start the pod about, you know, just their lifelessness, but you meant, just mentioned, right? They, they, this team appeared to quit. You mentioned before, I think you're right, this team has gotten worse every single week. And again, when when Jim Irsay was go- doing this interview and called Jeff Saturday a competitive candidate, this was before tonight's game, which you could make arguments. It's not worse than the historic loss last week, but that's coming off of a 33-0 blown second half lead loss, and you're calling him a competitive candidate. Is there any like sort of reasoning given or, or rumored or thought that Jim Irsay likes about Jeff Saturday that we are clearly not seeing? I mean, it's not coming from any sources. It's just my speculation. You know, one of it's just his his general belief that that Jeff Saturday has this ability to be a leader of men and and to do this job. And then I also think there's a desire on his part to prove everybody wrong. I mean, we've seen plenty of reports that people within his own building were telling him not to make this move. And then it's very public what the reaction was afterwards. I mean, people still remember Joe Thomas. They remember Bill Cowher's reaction to this. Uh, those were just the public reactions. Believe me, there was a lot more of that behind the scenes uh, around buildings all, all across the NFL. And I think there's, you know, he's, he's a competitive guy. He can be a stubborn guy. And I think there's a real part of him that wants to now say, I was right and, and you were wrong. Uh, and right now, I think the performance thus far is flying in the face of that. I think if you double down on it, I don't think it's going to end well, uh, but you know the, the the problem is when when the owner is the one making that that kind of move and that kind of decision, who's going to stop him? Right? I mean, it's it's his team and and it's his prerogative. So um, obviously, people weren't able to talk him out of it during the season at the interim spot, and and that was my whole point at the time. Like, if you had belief that Jeff Saturday could be the guy, and obviously Jim Mercy does have that belief then you should never have brought him into this situation because there was, it was never a good spot for him. We, we've talked about it several times. You can't really even evaluate him, you know, in, in the job that he's done. Um, so if you did have that belief and you did want him to be the full-time guy, then you should never have brought him in in the middle of this year. Uh, and now I think doubling down on it, it just does. It's not a good look, you know, who knows how it all turns out. But you got a guy who right now, best case scenario is going to be three, three and five. You fired the former head coach at three, five and one best record that, that Saturday can come out of this with this three and five. And you're going to say you're going forward with him. It's, it's not a good look. I, I That's a pretty obvious thing to say, but, you know, I don't know what else to say. I mean, forget. I mean, you're right. It's all a million percent of bad luck. But also, you talk about just flushing this organization down the drain the next five or ten, like five years, bare minimum with a high like this, because even if. It goes south. But even if you, you pull what the Broncos did and defend your hack and you fire after a year or so, it's still it's such a bad stain, and it just makes trying to get an attractive candidate back to Indianapolis so much harder. Because Jim Mercer looks like even more of a madman if you like to double down on a guy that you really think that can be this leader of men, quote unquote. Despite the fact that we saw them quit in front of Rise on national TV against the Chargers, I don't know what you're looking at. Like, I I get it. Right? Like, we all have our, our bad qualities, right, Georgia? And if if for Jim Mercer, like I, I'll be like I get stubborn. Like sometimes when you just want to believe something so bad, you get blinded to reality. But it's like I just I don't understand how even if Jim Mercer is trying his best to will Jeff Saturday to kind of turn it around, you can you can't miss what's going on. Like it's impossible to be that negligent to not realize the team around you is quitting. Jeff Saturday is clearly not connecting with the players in terms of 
at least doing the one thing he was brought to uh, brought in to do, and that was to lead this team to kind of create some sort of spark and save a season that otherwise was lifeless and dull. He's failed. He's totally, totally failed. You saw it in Minnesota in the second half. You saw it especially all game long against the Chargers here on Monday night. Like, there's no evidence you can point to of Jeff Saturday doing what he's brought in to do. And you can make the argument, George. I can make an argument for him. He should be fired after, you know, tonight's game compared to getting hired. Like, you're not going to do it, obviously, with two games left and already finding one head coach. But and right now, Jeff Saturday is more qualified to be fired than hired. Like I said, you can draw a lot of parallels between this game that just happened and the game up in New England that got Frank Reich fired. I mean, there, there's a four-point difference, two more sacks that day, four more third downs that weren't converted. But uh, I think the overall feeling, the overall offense, the overall look of it, very, very similar. Um, I definitely think you're right. I mean, you could make a much better case that, that he shouldn't get the finish out this year than that he should get a 17-game season next year. Uh, but again... That's, you know, it's it's the owner's prerogative. And, and like you said, you know, if, if you want to be stubborn about it and if you want to show everybody that, that you were right, um, there's a lot that could stop him. Now, I don't know. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see. The other thing he said during that interview was that Chris Ballard will be the general manager. And so you would hope if Chris Ballard's staying on and, and he's not resigning that he's going to have some say in this. Uh, and I and I find it hard to believe that that he would be as much in in Jeff Saturday's corner as Jim Mercy is. And if he is, then maybe there's some things going on behind the scenes that, that we don't know about. You know, maybe there's something else at work here uh, that isn't public or that isn't something that that people are talking about to reporters. Um, if if Chris Ballard is also on board with this, but he certainly didn't seem to be at that that introductory press conference. Uh, and I would be surprised if he is with the results the way they've been. Um, so I think that'll be another interesting part of this. You know, if Jim or if Chris Ballard is also going to be back and Jeff Saturday is a great candidate, those are two things that don't seem to mix to me. That is for sure. And like I said, you think if Chris Ballard is going to return, I mean, we, we talked about it before, like, would he resign? Like, it's tough to think that he would come back and then also sign up for coming back to Jeff Saturday being the head coach. And again, Jim say going over his head and basically making the head coaching hire that Chris Bowd is supposed to, you know, be the one making. So hopefully that's a good sign in terms of Chris Ballard kind of fleshing out some uh, some actual, you know, real candidates and eliminating Jeff Saturday almost right away. But again, it's Jim say it's impossible for him to read, um, especially now with kind of things all in disarray. He has been more hands-on than he's been in a very long time, and that's only thrown more fuel on the fire. And the, the sad part is he thinks he's actually putting out the fire when instead he doesn't realize he's actually only causing it and making it worse. So I really hope, George, like tonight, like, tonight was awful. Like, like it, it was awful to watch. This is this game and the New England game, speaking of another parallel, two games I couldn't wait for it to be over. Like I said, there's mm-hmm. no real sense. You know, the score really indicated they should have been in. There's no sense the Colts coming back. It was, it was tough to watch Nick Foles, just like it sucked watching Sam Ellinger uh at this point what two almost two months ago in new england and it's just like man this hopefully is a blessing in terms of when we're sitting here in a few weeks talking about head coaching candidates or searches or eventually head coach hire and maybe you know in the draft and a few months after that you hope a game like this that it's just it's worth the suffering because these yep. i don't see it getting much better else if they run it back with jeff saturday next year george i don't see this, this turnaround much that's for sure 
Well, I mean, you can make a case that, that again, you know, the, the thought process, the belief by a lot of people is that the Jim Irsay was behind the Sam Ellinger move to begin with. And you can you can make a case that that started this whole thing, put it all in motion, saddle Frank Reich with yep. him for two games, and then you fire Frank Reich and the chaos begins and you're kind of in the, the boat you are. And I think bringing in Jeff Saturday back would be the, doing the same thing next season before it even gets started. Um, you know, again, I'm not trying to put too fine a point on it, though. At the end of the day, I don't know who stops him. You know, if that's what he wants to do, if that's what he truly believes uh, is best for his football team, he's the owner of the football team. You know, at the end of the day, uh, if that's what Jim Irsay wants to do, it's what will be done. And so just all, equally as scary as Jeff Saturday being considered a competitive candidate, George, is that in the same interview, Jim Irsay was also asked about the future of the quarterback position, especially since now they have a top five pick. And he basically, Jim Mercer said, he does not know the direction he wants to go with quarterback. You Again, you would think we were talking about draft, 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 draft. Let's try to make a push for Bryce Young. We've been, we've been in the two biggest, you know, Bryce Young stance here to try to make it happen. And fingers crossed, Houston, uh, if they do end up with the number one overpick, is, is dumb enough to listen to Mel Kuyper, who released his big board today. Thank you, Mel. I love you, buddy. You are a true expert, the premier expert when it comes to NFL draft knowledge had Will Levis as the number one quarterback. So thank you, Mel. But you think it'd have to be a, a draft, you know, a quarterback in the draft, but it's like, I mean, again, Jim Mercer can't be, frankly, this is stupid to actually think that going back to the veteran market is going to work next year. When the last two years you swung a miss and it's gotten worse from Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan, it has gotten worse. And if you go back to the veteran market next year, I don't see it getting much better from what we saw this year. No, and you know, I, I'm on record as saying I, I'm team blow it up, right? I, I'm team hit the nuclear button here and, yes. and just, um, you know, and so that obviously does not mean bring in a veteran quarterback. But even if you don't, you know, and you made a good case for some reasons not to, this defense has a lot of really good pieces. Uh, and if you get a healthy Shaq Leonard back, you know, knock on wood, uh, they could be even better next year. Uh, with him back in the mix and and add the turnovers, you know, add the takeaway element that they really haven't had into to everything else they've done. Uh, and you could really have a unit that that that's honestly, you know, I think they've been kind of a playoff caliber defense most of this year. Obviously, the last couple of weeks uh, with Dallas and Minnesota, they took a hit in that regard. Uh, but for most of this year, they've been a playoff caliber unit. I think you put a, a healthy Shaq Leonard in there that you could definitely make that case. Uh, I like the skill position guys a lot better. I agree with Troy Aikman. I think the, the, the targets that this team has are a lot better than, than people give them credit for. Uh, but with all that being said, I don't see how bringing a, a veteran quarterback in again is, is going to fix any of this. Um, unless maybe it's Tom Brady. I mean, that's about, I, I don't know what else you're going to do uh, unless you're going to bring somebody in who, who's just absolutely going to change the culture and, and change um you know everything about this team. Odds are the same. You know what are you going to do? Go bring in Derek Carr. You know Ryan Tannehill might be available. I, I don't even know who's going to be on that list. Zach Wilson. You know a younger guy, but uh, he, he's been. I, I don't know. You feel like you go through that grind. You're, you're in New York every day. I feel like you go through that grind up there. You, you might be broken for good, and that, that's that's a tough thing to to, to kind of live through. Um, you know I. I, I just don't see that that being the answer. Um, trying to fill this with with you know the the same way you have the last few years. Now, one thing that maybe he's referring to there, he had that cryptic quote. I think it was around the draft last year, maybe right after the draft, 
that, that they had tried to get a young franchise quarterback during the offseason last year and it didn't work that they tried to trade for for a young quarterback who would have been a franchise guy we don't know who that was uh speculation was it was kyler murray you would think that the the deal with arizona kind of takes him off the board uh, but it was never confirmed you know maybe that's what he's talking about going back to that maybe like you had mentioned before, maybe somebody like a Trey Lance. I I don't know. You know, I think there's different ways to go about this, Uh, but absolutely. I think the idea of bringing in a Carson Wentz level, a Matt Ryan level, somebody like that, uh, that's, that's on the downside of their career that somebody else has given up on that. That should be off the table. And because you're like, I just quickly was going through uh, like some of the options, like veterans. You mentioned some names like Derek Carr, Jimmy G, Zach Wilson, like Baker Mayfield. Like none of these guys, again, like while I'm more of a believer that this roster is not as far away as the record says, and it's more of a retool, let's say, than a rebuild. But it's like it's they're still not a, a veteran quarterback away. They're not a Derek Carr away or Jimmy G away from making the playoffs next year. And again, even if like the. Even they make the playoffs around next year, like they're a one and done team. Like you are again, looking for a guy that's not just a bandit that's looking actually to bring some stability to a position that hasn't that's been unstable since the the, uh, the retirement of Andrew Luck. And it, to me, I just yeah, I just I it's just a risk that right now outside of Philip Rivers um, has not worked out. Uh, has like I said, it's it's really kind of blown up in your face. Whether it's draft capital wise or Carson wins, whether now it's Matt Ryan kind of banking on a guy that is clearly was over the hill and thinking that he could still have a little juice left. I, I just don't – it's like – it's definition of insanity, George. Like you, you're, we're going to go back to the same well that you tried for two years in a row and you, you swung and missed on. So let's just – the third time is not the charm. In this case, no. the third time is not the charm, especially with this team that's around them right now. And, you know, I think the other part of this too is you've got to get that head coaching job right too. I mean, it doesn't matter. You can bring in the young quarterback who you're going to build around, but you got to put him in the right spot. We've talked about that a lot too. You know, it's not just drafting the right guy. It's making sure that you have the right plan for him, that he's in the right system. He's got the right pieces around him. And I think exhibit A for that is is Jacksonville. You draft Trevor Lawrence, but you, you saddle him with Urban Meyer. And last year was a lost season for them. You bring in Doug Peterson this year, Super Bowl winning head coach, knows what he's doing, and it's a it's a totally different thing. You know, you took a while; it wasn't an overnight kind of a thing, uh, but they're they're playing pretty good football right now, and it looks like they're at least right now, as we sit here, uh, you know, following this this epic Colts collapse again here on on Monday night. It looks like Jacksonville is going to be a playoff team. You know, we'll see how it ends up, but right now, if I had to bet, uh, I would bet on the Jaguars winning this division um, with the way things are headed. So. I, that's, that's the difference here, you know, is, is that head coaching component. And so I think these two things go hand in hand. You bring back Jeff Saturday. Um, he better have an offensive coordinator and a staff over there that has a real plan for whatever young guy you're going to bring in and, and is going to build him up because that's the next most important thing. Getting the right guy is first of all, cause you're not going to be able to make, you know, lemonade from lemons, but once you get the right guy in here, Chicago is another example of that it took them a year and a half to figure out how to use Justin Fields. You know, now they've got no defense. So it's still a whole other issue as far as winning goes up there. But I think they feel pretty good about fields now compared to where they were a year ago. But again, you have to, you have to do that from day one. You have to know, okay, we're taking this guy and this is exactly why. And we're going to put the right pieces around him. He's going to have the right coaches. He's going to have the right, you know, help. Um, I, to me, that's 
the, the head coach component of this, the offensive coordinator component of this, the quarterback coach component of this, they're all equally important as getting the right quarterback. Without a doubt. Like I said, it goes hand-in-hand. And the, the Jaguars example is a perfect one. of you can get the guy quarterback, but you put the wrong head coach around him, and it just totally ruins and stunts his growth. You see the name of Mac Jones on a lesser extent. You know, he was decent in year one with Joshua Daniels. You put a defensive guy as offense coordinator, and guess what? That is not working out. Uh, anywhere nearly uh, as well as I, Bill Belichick thought. No one else really saw success coming outside of Bill. But anyway, that's, a, that's a, another topic for another day for sure. But you're right about that. It's head coach quarter. We've talked about the importance, and that's why this offseason is going to be the biggest offseason for this team in five years because you're going to get a new quarterback. You're going to get a new head coach. You really kind of have those two things merge at the same time. You know, some of the examples you mentioned before, it's like you have, you know, overlapping head coach, overlapping quarterback. You get a year or two in, then you make the change, find the guy. You can now mar- marry the two in the same offseason, which hopefully, again, if you get it right, should take off and take off faster than, again, if you waste a year either with a quarterback and a guy like Jeff Saturday, God forbid, or if you you waste it, you know, you get a, a Jim Harbaugh, I'd say, but you try to run it back in a veteran market with another stopgap band-aid that doesn't work, and you waste one year at his tenure as well. So it's – this is a very crucial offseason. We've been talking about that for a while, and it will continue to harp on until the offseason does arrive here in two more weeks. But Jim Mercer, again, it's casting doubt, George. I think casting doubt and pouring some cold water on any optimistic Colts fan that maybe that this is the offseason they'll actually get things right because you're talking about head coach and actually seriously considering Jeff Saturday, not that he's going to hire him, not that he's you know the front runner by any stretch of imagination, but just the fact that he's considering him still, even before th- this game on Monday night, shows you or has to have you uh, concerned for sure about Jim Mercer's judgment. And then also not saying that, you know, the direction uh, or not knowing, he, I should say, the direction of, of where they'll go quarterback-wise is uh, also concerning as well. So before we get out of here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod, we did have some big news on Monday before the Colts Chargers game. That was that Nathaniel Hackett, 15 games in his tenure, speaking of quarterback and head coach kind of, not meshing along uh, whatsoever. He was fired after that embarrassing loss to the Rams. There's a name that the Colts have been interested in that's been also now linked to the Broncos. Do you have to choose between the two? Is it the Colts or the Broncos a more attractive head coach opening? We'll get down to the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns.